kind of stay close as they can. I understand you're going to go outside of, say, Dallas or outside of Austin mm-hmm. to get a couple kids. But if we could, I think if we could practice more three, four times a week, uh, we, I, we take in a lot of input from college coaches. I get a lot of calls personally from the club side saying, man, I'm telling you, I got a kid or not. And so you got to remember when you call me, if you gave me false info before, I'm gonna go in with the side eye, right? Yeah. But, so it's 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 an interesting dynamic. I think bringing the high school date back in June helped a, a lot of kids. Uh, I I think we're gonna see the resurface of college uh, uh, kids going to college camps mm-hmm. just to get the coaches and make that relationship. I think that kind of had died away a little bit. Not that it stopped. Did you know that I have two books? One called The Little Girl with Big Dreams. It's about an ambitious little girl who overcomes every no to say yes to her dream. And the other is called Changing Lanes. It's about, it teaches you about the things that you learn from sport and how it translates to life after sport. Be sure to check these out at itsjustdifferentpod.com. Let's get to the episode. Welcome to the It's Just Different Podcast where we bring on people who have been where you are trying to go and or helps countless athletes get there. Today, we have yet another special guest. Somebody that, I'm, I'm just gonna tell y'all, I blow this man phone up. We on the phone all the time with Premier Basketball, on a McDonald All-American Committee, with ESPN as a content provider for ESPN. All around great person, stay around basketball. I'm sure y'all already know who this is. Jason Key. What's up? How we doing? We are doing well. I've had I've had a day today, so yeah. you, you know mentioned you mentioned that earlier. Sounds like it's a full one. So it's a full one. It's let's a full rock one. This thing out and get it off your plate, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. Been waiting on you, so I'm excited to have you on. Bless the people with your knowledge, with your expertise. Thank you for having me. And be careful with that expert stuff. Man. Yeah. Know you know you're an expert in this field, in this basketball world. I hear you. I How's hear your you. day over there? First, how yeah. you living? Uh, uh, a lot of things, a lot of things shaking and moving in the background. Uh, going through, uh, we actually uh, went through the class ranks as we end the signing period. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so we'll be coming out with that here in the next couple of days on the ESPN side and uh, a lot of good movement um, on some other business things. So, very productive day, like you. Been yeah. a lot of things I didn't see coming happened, kind of like uh, you were explaining it happened with you. And uh, here we are. We just made right. it through the day, and yes. we're going And see, that's why I can always appreciate the ones who understand because I hate having to reschedule, do this. And I'm texting you like, "Hey, can we do this time? Can we do this time?" You like, "Yep, yep, yep." I'm Sorry. busy every day. Coaches move me around. Like I talk to coaches a lot. Their schedules change uh, because a recruit calls them or whatever. They got to hang up with me. Yeah. And, call me back. and that may not happen for two, three days, you know. Facts. Uh, so I get it. I get it. If you can't move in, in this game, if you can't be flexible, man, this ain't the spot for you. Ain't the spot. I'm with it. So we start this podcast off, every podcast, just asking what is different. That's the name of the podcast. It's just different. So I do want to ask you, like, what do you think is different in youth basketball? Hmm. Um, in regards to different from what the past to mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. a lot of things have changed. Obviously, 
me and you had a long discussion last week, actually, uh, as I was driving back from SFA. But um, you have the shoe companies have become very involved over the last decade or so. Mm-hmm. And that's really changed the platforms to be shoe heavy. It's very hard uh, to stay independent these days. And, and the way the tournament works off of, uh, and the way the tournament date works with the live period. So a lot of this is NCAA induced. It's no, it's not you or me or any, uh, anybody controlling it within our side of things. It's the colleges. They've limited the days. Most of those days are on shoe platforms and, or your select 40 or your elite 40 or your bigger, uh, uh, independent platforms, non-shoe platforms. And so, uh, that's really changed the way I think all the way down to how kids train because they're now you see more and more of training towards specific dates, mm-hmm. knowing that you're going to play in front of college, which makes sense in front of college coaches. And because it's so limiting, the calendar so limiting, it's changed the psychology and it's ever changed. And actually it's changed even from where it was two years ago. Uh, so it's, it's, it's an interesting dynamic. I think bringing the high school date back in June helped a, a lot of kids. Uh, I, I think we're going to see the resurface of college uh, uh, kids going to college camps mm-hmm. just to get the coaches and make that relationship. I think that kind of had died away a little bit. Not that it stopped, but it wasn't what it was, some of that being because of COVID. Yeah. I got a feeling that that's going to resurface because there's just not enough opportunities the way the dates are limited. So you got to do something to help uh, promote yourself. So, um, so from that aspect, that's changed. And then kind of a layer of that, that's changed the way programs recruit, right? I mean, you deal with this a lot as an independent programs recruit towards shoes or whatever they can, whatever Mm -hmm. their niche is, they, they recruit towards. Um, I think uh, the way they practice again, as, as I said, just like individual training, practice training a lot that's leading up to these certain dates now so mm-hmm. uh, they it feels like we may be veering towards um a couple fewer lead-up tournaments people playing in them like they'll play various dates but they may not play in everything every weekend like they used to they'll right. pick their spots leading up to these dates uh which has its good and it's bad uh so i think it's again it's an ever-evolving uh industry so it, it'll be it's going to be interesting i think usa basketball too is getting more and more involved. So we'll see what that leads to and how far they want to go with their involvement in all this. Uh, we had the first U S open this year in August, mm-hmm. uh, for the younger classes. And so I think that's something that has the possibility of growing. And then you'll see, you got a U.S. open date you got to make now too. So like, it's again, the market changes year by year. A lot of things change and stuff always changes. Yeah. How long, how long you been in the game? uh officially in this capacity 15 years now it depends on what you count as the game uh me the and game y'all. any part give us all how long yeah, you been so in this? talking about real experience like as a kid um uh, my uh, uh my mother was deeply addicted right and because of that i spent a lot of time with my grandmother mm-hmm. uh and that and mom's been clean 20 years shout out mom Shout out um, to moms. No doubt. But because of that, uh, I went to a lot of Pantherette games. And, you know, in the early, you're talking like 1980, as a little mm-hmm. kid, 1981. So if you look at it from that stretch, 
I've been in and around girls basketball indirectly or directly 40 plus years. Mm. Like, uh, so I've seen quite the evolution, obviously. Uh, uh, I've done everything from coach it to be the, uh, the workout guy as a younger guy to uh, jumping in and playing when you had to with, with girls or whatever, uh, with people I grew up with. So like every facet that you can do in this I've done. Um, and so I started out in this piece of it. Uh, Mark Williams, who was actually my ex-wife's uh, cousin, was training a kid. It's actually the first time I'd ever heard the term training. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, he was tra- He was. He played at a uh, Dallas Christian College, D three, and uh, was training a high school kid because uh, Mark could really shoot it. And he says, "Hey, they want to turn this as a boy." He says, "They want to turn this into a team." I got a couple others. I would like for you to help. And then a year later, we had we went from one boys team to 24, 12 girls, twelve boys, and like it just took off. And then uh, started playing in tournaments. Uh, I played all over. Mark played a lot of premier tournaments uh, with Joey Simmons. Joey approached Mark about uh, wanting to take his scouting service type stuff to the next level. Mm-hmm. That you know, I became part of that package, right? Uh, um, and I go to uh, I don't know how twelve. I don't know how many years ago, few years, uh, ten plus years ago, I'd say I go to my first ever USA trials in Colorado Springs. And Ketch, who uh, Tamika Ketchens was still playing at the time for the Indiana Fever, she's there, unbeknownst to me, she's there um, on the selection committee for, I think it was U-17s. She sees me, I see her, yada, yada, yada. So um, we find each other. Everybody's like, hey, who's the who's the little guy? What's going on here? <laughs> who's and the it, little guy? <laughs> yeah, it turns off. It is what it is. Yeah, it don't bother me. Yeah. And then uh, uh, it took off from there. So uh, I... None of this was expected for me. Mm-hmm. I just did the work in the background, built relationships, try to be right more often than not in my uh, uh, evaluation of kids for college coaches and that, and it grew from there. It grew a lot of the people that I grew up as lower tier assistants mm-hmm. at all levels are now head coaches. So we grew together, their relationship grew, they trust me because of that, uh, that kind of thing. So just just doing right by people, that's it. So that's pretty dope. I feel like that's how relationships start. Like doing one thing to the next, you build relationships. The next thing you know, you got people you done coached or coached against, against, coached with, whatever, played. Mm -hmm. They coaches now. They doing something. You're like, oh, I had this kid. I was doing this or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I'm so old that a lot of the guys I grew up playing with, I'm talking young, little and up, whatever. They're they're, uh, guys and girls, matter of fact. Their moms and dads, you know, they come find me because their kids are playing and like, you know, trying to push their kid most of the time. And all that. <laughs> but that's it's funny. That's when that's when you know you're aging, boy. That's tough. You ever get that? Hey, you remember when? You know. 1, and by the way, my kid. One thousand percent. So, and usually the kids can play. They play, so their kids can play. So yeah, that's it's a fact. Funny. Yeah. But it just means we're getting old. That's yeah. So you mentioned uh, Joey Simmons, Joey with Premier. Um, mm-hmm. You're with Premier, done done a lot of things with Premier. When, how, was that with Mark Williams? That's kind of how you started with Premier? It is, yeah. Okay. So we, were, I played in his tournaments as well, but he approached Mark first. And then I was, you know, we had Team Rise was our name. We had the program out of Rockwall. 
uh, here in the Dallas area, uh, uh, playing in his stuff and offered, you know, he, he gave Mark the opportunity. Mark said, should we do this? We discussed it. We actually, I didn't think we were going to do it, to be honest. And then we took the chance, see what it was going to be. And uh, it took off uh, for sure. Do it. Do what exactly? Like what? what scouting, uh, so, so Joey had already started with his brother, Jerry, mm-hmm. uh, a scouting service, right? But Jerry was getting older. They needed young, young folks to come uh, push the scouting service and all that. And so I had to figure out on the fly evaluations. And mm-hmm. a lot of that, again, I built relationships in the back gyms uh, with coaches, not making no money, like doing this on the side for free, whatever, uh, helping them with kids. I hit on a lot of kids, and my name kind of took off along with, the you know, being attached to the premier tournament side and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, and then, like I said, USA trials is where, like, on the national level, it started to really build. Makes sense. From Premier, you got to – well, you, you've done a lot, but um, you're on a committee, McDonald committee, committee. How did that come about? When did that come about? So that would have been 2016, I believe, 2015, 2016. I think it was 16. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, got a call. From the Wootens themselves, who Joe Wooten's the chairman of the committee. It was his father that started it. Uh, he had gotten my name, Joey, who's still a member. Joey kind of sub- submitted my name. Mm-hmm. And then he, they they kind of asked some college coaches, asked around about that. A lot of them I had relationships with. Unbeknownst to me, they, didn't, they called me kind of out the blue, but they did their homework in the background. Uh, they called me. And they said it's usually not this this short, but I did like a maybe a fifteen minute interview where they asked me some basketball questions on the spot about specific players or in the class that was coming, uh, and I was able to rattle off some stuff that they liked apparently. And then mm-hmm. by the end of that phone call, they they asked me if I would like to be part of the Mike Nolan's All All American Selection Committee. I was like, absolutely, absolutely, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> then they. Uh, yeah, there was a probationary period where you got to kind of prove your – I think it was one year, if I remember correctly, but you got to show that you'll do the work, all that kind of stuff. Got through that, and here we are. So, Man, I amazing. love it. Now, yeah. um, you know, within Premier, you have Joey Simmons. Joey also has programs of Team Legs. Um, and we talk a lot. Like, I feel like I just associate you with everything. Like mm-hmm. – <laughs> I don't know. I just like everything. Like mm-hmm. if it's team legs, if it's premiere, whatever, mm-hmm. I don't be knowing. You have to tell me like, you know, I help with this. Yeah, it's or... interesting how that goes. Yeah, it's interesting how that goes because I don't like it, yeah. a lot of people will tell me something. A kid has left, say, team legs or left Joey in yeah. particular uh, or this. I don't even you telling me you've done it multiple times. Like I, I don't keep up with that side near as close as people think. Yeah. Uh, People would assume because of my relationship with Joey, but you know I have a, a like an understanding. If Joey calls me and asks what I think, or yeah, I'm putting my team together. That's what I think. I do that, but I do that for a lot of people. I do that for right. you. Right, I was gonna say you do, do it for me. Yeah, for you know, uh, me and Rich Anderson recently had a talk on and on it goes. Ray Caldwell, if he if he hadn't seen a lot of a kid that's from mm-hmm. Dallas, say he hadn't seen him as much as me, he'll ask my thoughts. So it's really no different, right? Uh, and and I don't know the movement of the play. I can't keep up with that. Yeah, like people yeah. were making assumption on that, but I don't. Yeah, 
And I feel like, and I say that to say, like, I feel like a lot of people, like, will make an assumption that, like, mm-hmm. since you're on the McDonald committee, like, Team Lex players automatically get selected. Like, talk about, like, what is the actual process? Like, what does that look like? Well, first of all, there's roughly, it changes year over year because people retire or whatever. Roughly 16 voters. Uh, and that could be 16 to 20, depending on the year. So I'm only one of 16 votes. <laughs> Right. Uh, so everybody else got to vote the same direction. And at, to be honest, I've never gotten more than, and I kind of wear this, wear this as a badge of honor. I've never gotten more than 20 of the 24 kids. I generally get 19 to 20 every year. And then four kids I vote for don't make it because the other guys didn't vote for them, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, uh, so there is a kind of a vetting process where, uh, nominations are made uh, by high school coaches and all that, and that's a lot of kids, right? And then we'll do a first round of votes, and you just put out your top – it's basically your top 50 kids, but uh, you put out your top 50 to go through the lowest, uh, through the various lists, and that gets them down to about 100, and then each vote, it's a smaller and smaller list, and it gets you down. That's where eventually you get to 24. So right. it goes through about three or four rounds of that. Uh and uh, I, you know, it, I think it's very fair. It's very interesting as far as my personal uh, situation in that if you listen to people from Texas, they'll say that I won't vote for a Texas kid because Texas kid didn't make it last year. I won't do it because uh, because I don't want to. I don't want to show bias, right? That kind of thing. But then if you listen to the rest of the uh, the rest of the country, they'll say he only cares about Texas kids. <laughs> he just can't win. Ain't nothing, you just gotta let it be. You know, and so I think what I think, I don't, none of it bothers me. I know that uh, I'm unbiased and very fair in my views to a point that people close to me will have gotten upset with me because I'm not put, I'm not pushing their kid like they think I should. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just how it is. I, I, I put out there what I think, I think that's a mm-hmm. big part of how I got here. Right. So I'm not going to lose, I'm, I'm not giving that up for any individual kid. That'll never happen. Yeah, that makes sense. And the one thing that I always see that come out, you know, when, like you just said, they go through this list of 100 kids, go down, go down, go down. And you get on Twitter and you see, like, people saying, I want to get your thoughts on it. People are saying, like, oh, that don't matter. Like, why kids are posting that they were selected, you know, and they're not going to make the final list. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, do you see that? Yeah, and I don't pay much attention to it, as you know, with me. I don't. Outside influences aren't a big thing with me, but let the kids be. Like, let's celebrate kids just because yeah. uh, I think Ray Caldwell put out something last week that I love. It's okay to be just a good high school kid. That is a fact. You can go to college and not play basketball. So, like, we put so much pressure on these kids, and I'm part of that business, so I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a culprit too. But we put so much pressure on these kids. But if this kid's really good in Austin – it's okay to celebrate mm-hmm, mm-hmm. doing good in Austin. And then if, if they go on to be uh, a D2 kid or, or not play basketball or they play at the top level, well, man, that's hard. Yeah. Like college basketball is hard no matter what you, no matter what level you play at. Yeah. And so I think you let the kids be, but guys want to, want to make sure they're trying to, and so it depends on the tone of the post. Yeah, but sometimes they're trying to protect people from themselves. Mm-hmm. So I get that. Other times, man, they're just they're they finding a way to take shots at kids. Man. Yeah, and you know, 
Let the kids be. Let them be excited. Like, let them be excited. And there's nothing wrong with celebrating. Uh That's a good thing. Yep. And And what you just said about Ray, like, that's a really, really good point. Like, with me coaching, I'm a director. I have a program out here in Austin. When I first started, like, I was like, if you're not trying to play in college, like, why are you playing AAU? Like, that's just, yeah. that, I think that's just a competitor in me. Like, yeah. what are we doing? And I had to learn and realize, like, at the end of the day, like, basketball should be used as the vehicle. Like, whether they want to play in college, whether they want to make the high school team, like, whatever they want to do, use basketball. So I had to shift my mindset quick of, like, my goal is to help get these girls ready for life. Now, if they go and play college, cool. Yeah. And it, it, we just don't have to put the pr- – like, they know whether they want to do it. And yeah. we know by watching the ones that really want to yep. do it, whether they want to or not. <laughs> no matter what they tell us, you it, it takes me two seconds to tell you if a kid really wants to do this or not. 100%. Right? And, and, but it's okay for them to learn at their own pace and let them breathe and figure it out because they, they may really want it in eighth grade and then figure out by 10th or 11th grade, this is not what I want to do for the next four or five years. I want to actually like, I actually want to concentrate in college. And, I don't want um, to wake up at six o'clock in the morning every single day. And, I don't want to do that. I'm not for it or against it. Yeah. Right. I just want to be you and it's going to figure itself out. So I just think, again, I'm part of that. So I understand, uh, I understand that it's coming from my voice. So it's a little bit different, but we, we can relax on the pressure of some of these kids. And if, if somebody's overrated or whatever, I mean, I just don't. I, I'm not. I'm not a fan of hating on kids publicly. Yeah. You know, I just it's not my thing. So. Nah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, going into rankings a little bit, you talked about your content provider for ESPN. I don't even really know exactly what that means. So tell us about it. Yeah. So the biggest piece of it is the rankings part. Uh, that's the 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 one that gets the most eyeballs is the individual uh, rankings of each class, like 2024 is the current class. Uh, but the one that uh, that care the most in the background or is the one about to come out, and that is the college class rankings. I told you we worked on today. So whoever your number one class in America is, their collection of kids. I'm not going to give away any content, but. Whoever the number one and number I two. I guess kids. the podcast won't get the content yet. <laughs> College coaches really care about that mm-hmm. uh, so competitive thing and all that. So it's interesting. Uh, so that part, and then um, I'm more supplement Shane Laughlin, kind of my partner in crime there. But we do a lot of articles based on rankings or based on college recruiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and there's more to come with uh, our our growth. With ESPN, I think there's going to be more content provided that way. But uh, so we do a lot of a lot of article writing too, just about the uh, about the game surrounding the game. But a lot of it is rankings based because that gets eyeballs. Yeah, yeah, and y'all are ranking kids like all across the country. How yeah. like what goes into ranking players? Like how are you seeing all these kids? Yeah. yeah. So obviously this is all I, all we do. Mm-hmm. Me, uh, me, Shane, KP. On the East Coast, Mark Williams comes in and helps. Um, we uh, we I, we take in a lot of input from mm-hmm. college coaches. I get a lot of calls personally from the club side saying, "Man, I'm telling you, I got a kid or not." And so you got to remember when you call me, if you gave me false info before, I'm gonna come in with the side eye, right? Yeah. But- Did you know that I have two books? 
One called The Little Girl with Big Dreams is about an ambitious little girl who overcomes every no to say yes to a dream. The other is called Changing Lanes. It's about, it teaches you about the things that you learn from sport and how it translates to life after sport. Be sure to check these out at itsjustdifferentpod.com. Let's get to the episode. If you come in, uh, I, I keep using Ray as an example, but he's at the top of mind. Ray Caldwell calls me and he's like, man, I got this kid and she, I'm telling you, he, she's really, really good. That's going to get my attention because mm-hmm. when he says it and he's in the gym with them every day, it it, it brings value to me. It means yeah. something because that relationship. So you got that aspect. You got us, you know, first and foremost, always our own eyes. Mm-hmm. I trust my eyes more than anybody's. It's just how I made my name. It's what I do. Um, and so what do I see? What do I think? Um, and then, um, over the last few years, especially post COVID, um, a lot of statistical data has come through. We, we use a, uh, from Cerebro to any, anywhere we can find, uh, statistical data to back us up. It's not our eyes come first, but me in particular, if, if I think you're a shooter, but you only shot 28% and league play from three, I go back and watch film. Like, what am I missing? Yeah. Right. And that kind of thing. Or the other way. I'm like, man, I don't think that kid's like, that kid can can really score like that, let's say. But you averaging 16 a game, nobody, you know, you producing consistent and productive. Then the other way, I'm like, what am I missing here? This kid's better than my eyes would tell him. So I use it to balance myself to, as a as a means of checks and balances. Um, and then and then it, it comes down. So then you kind of, you you put kids in ranges. And then you dissect them. And, of course, the bigger the platform, not not talking shoes, but the bigger – it doesn't matter to me who you play for. The number one kid in the country this year, Sarah Strong, that's an independent club. Can you repeat that one more time? Yeah. Number <laughs> one kid in the country. She plays for an independent club. No platform. That's but, crazy. But what does she do? She played everybody. We're going to play against them. Whenever she could find them. Right, some of them she had to play non-live period. Uh, she she when uh, FBC hosted their event in May, she went and played FBC. FBC beat them by a good twenty, but she clearly competed. You could see her yeah. carrying her and how good she yeah. was. Right, and so on and on it goes. And then obviously USA basketball. That's another level trials where you see, for the most part, the elite of the elite. Right yeah. now, uh, there's not every you know they don't invite all. Everybody, just the top kids, uh, necessarily, or some kid may be hurt, or some that can't make it. There may be an aberration, but that matters. The more, the bigger the game, with more, with the higher profile kids on the floor, the more mm-hmm. weight towards that. Those mm-hmm. those things do matter. So uh, again, it's not who you play for, it's who you play against. Yeah. Now. And you might not even know this answer, but just curious, do you have any idea of why the Sarah kids stay with the independent program? I'm sure she could play with well, anybody in the country. Yeah, first and foremost, her dad was the coach. Mm-hmm. And I think they just really trusted within what they were doing for her individual development and didn't want to take that chance on putting her on a team. It messes, it, you know, it messes with her development for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. They trusted what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think that can be – uh, I think that was in in the end the reason. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, you do a lot of Metroplex um mm-hmm. rankings as well, players and teams. Mm-hmm. Um, 
have you have you done one so far? Have you done one yet? Done, I do a state on the players. I have done teams. I've done Metroplex, and that's a labor of love. I grew up, yeah, in the Dallas basketball culture, right? And um, and so I just love. I it creates uh, competitiveness amongst these yeah. kids. Yeah, yeah, particularly particularly south of I twenty, right? <laughs> uh, your Duncanvilles, your Sotos, your Cedar Hills, your South Grand Prairie is actually just north of I twenty, but and your Mansfields and those guys. A lot of basketball players there, and they 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 like winning. It's a big yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh, that list, that list. You know, they they throw that list around. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm yeah. number. I'm number what? I'm okay. <laughs> they throwing that list around. Yeah. So it's it's a labor of love. It, it uh uh I put a lot of work into the state rankings uh mm -hmm. behind the scenes. I do the same exact press process as we do the national kids, except I do it all by myself. There's no. Yeah. Uh, Shane and KP, and then I run it by Shane to just look over and make sure I didn't miss something. He'll, he'll have one or two, hey, what about this kid? You sure this kid, yada, 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 you think is here, blah, 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 blah. So, but I do all that myself. Yeah. So and that's you do the state one how many times? Throughout? Once a year. Once a year. So okay. uh, ESPN is not all up to us. It's mm -hmm. They come to us and say, hey, we would like it four times a year. They actually just up, up yeah. four times. That's because they want it out there. So we got to do what they want on the platform. Mine, uh, on the state side, I want to let, A, I can't get to everybody in the state in less than a year. It's hard enough getting to everybody in a year because when you start talking West Texas, uh, uh, you start talking like South, South Texas, South of Houston, mm -hmm. some mm -hmm. of those kids, man, I, it's hard for me to get to them. Uh, and so uh, it gives me time, A, to be fair to everybody. And then I think it lets it lets the kids build. Like it gives them a full year of I'm not just coming off and you didn't play well for a month and that's all I saw. All right. Mm -hmm. It gives you a full full year uh to see where your game's at. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie, I feel like I'm missing a twenty seven on this list, but you told me. You it's told okay. Me. We gonna yeah. you gonna and it's gonna early. Hey, if you go look back <laughs> at any of my classes, uh they change. Yeah, right? for sure. If you go look back at when when the 24s were the 24 freshman list, it ain't the same kids on there. There was only 25 of them. And if I remember correctly, only within the top 25, maybe 16 of them were still there. But nine of them dropped and nine new ones came in. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times with 27s, I haven't seen you yet. You're for freshman. Sure. Yeah. And, like, I really, you know, I hadn't gotten to you yet. It happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a fact. Um, I kind of want to go back to um, independent, independent just for a little bit. I think that that's, you know, just one of the hot topics, one of the hot things mm -hmm. in AAU basketball. Um, mm -hmm. Just parents either, A, not really knowing, should I play with this circuit team? Should I stay independent? Yeah. Um, and then, B, people just throwing out information, right? Yeah. So yeah. just from you seeing yep. players things like that like what are your thoughts on playing yeah. circuit playing independent any of yeah. that first and foremost you need to ask yourself is my daughter enjoying it and is she getting better mm -hmm. if either of those questions are no you're not in the right place okay cool. that's that's where it starts okay and then after that you can start worrying about putting your daughter in the right stage and all that what you got to understand is during the COVID extra year 
uh, which next year will be the final year of that. But during the COVID extra year, it's extremely tight whether you're on a shoe team or not shoe team or whoever as far as in terms of number of scholarships because we got these fifth and sixth year seniors taking up a lot of spots that freshmen traditionally get. Okay, so that's A. B, the limitations on the calendar have made it, as far as live period, have made it extremely tough on non uh, on, on teams that aren't on platforms. Don't have to be shoe affiliated, but platforms. So you start, again, the select 40, the elite 40, those kind of guys. All right, so, um, uh, so it's still not impossible because if you have somebody – if your director has college, like real life college contacts and and has real life uh, resume production where they can show you kids that they help get to college, you know, by training them, coaching them, whatever the case may be, uh, that matters more than any. The fact that uh, uh, somebody can pick up the phone and the college coach on the other end is going to answer and pay attention and uh, be able to tell that matters more than anybody anywhere about where you play uh both for for who you play club and where you play platform wise none of that matters like the number one thing is happiness because i'm telling you i would love to see a number of how many kids retire before they do their four full full four years of basketball in college mm. we burn out a lot of kids that's burn true. out burn mm -hmm. out some don't even make it to college we talked about which is fun Right, uh, with with high school, so happiness is foremost. Because if you, if the kid's not happy, it's it's you're doing this for nothing. Yeah, it's a waste of time uh, and money. And and then is your kid in a position to get better? Like, if your kid's not improving and they're in ninth grade and they're the same players they were in seventh, uh, what are we doing? Yeah. Right, in terms of that. So, and some of that, some of that happens. Kids sit on. Um, uh, this happens at all levels, but kids can get stuck at the end of a bench and not play a lot and that kind of thing. And they, they don't get better because of it. So you, yeah. you know, you want to, you want to marry that playing time with making, I care, I care less about playing time. If you're being developed, I care more about development because playing time's a whole different thing based on matchups. And mm -hmm. that's a coaching philosophy thing right? where I care about development. So, yeah. um, uh, so you just you you gotta you gotta be able to see through, sift through, and I encourage people to ask questions of people that know what they're doing. If you know somebody has a big uh, resume, has helped has helped kids and all that, go talk to them, including me. Come ask me if you see me in a tournament, I'm open. Uh, I'll tell you the truth. A, what I think about your kid, and B, whatever the situation may be. Yeah. Yeah. Now that makes sense. Now, do you think that? What's my question? Do you think that kids, do you think that kids actually get better through AAU or do you think it's something else? Like you just talked about if a kid is seventh grade and ninth grade, they the same. Like, is that on the AAU coach? No, I think there's, I think there's a balance. A, it's on the kid. Mm -hmm. First and foremost, are you putting in the work when the lights aren't on? So whether somebody, you, you hey, your generation is certainly the generation before you. Y'all didn't have trainers. Facts. We was in the. We was going. I was going to Duckettville Rec every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now you just you played and you worked on your own game. So that's first and foremost is 
Yeah. You can have somebody helping you. I got no hate for the training game. I'm, yeah. I'm in or about. I'm not. I, I got no uh, uh, opinion on it either way. But if you don't want it as a kid, everybody around you can't want it for you. It's not. Yeah. That's not how this is going to work. So a, the responsibility is on the kid. B, it does matter. It does matter in terms of do have they do they do they help you get to where you're trying to go? There is yeah, a truth to that. For sure. And I do think there's a, a balance of playing. I do think you can go too far either way. There's kids that train that look like they can really play, but really don't have a feel for the game. That's some drill players. That's a drill yeah, player. They look great, but they don't have that feel and I mm. that tends that tends to really not translate well to the college level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's the other way of a kid. All they do is play. They play on a different club every weekend. They play, you know, eight games a weekend. It happens more on the boys' side than ours, but there is some of that. It happened on um, this girl's side, too. I'd be like, and they, and they don't somebody else? Yeah, and they don't work on their individual game. They're, they're still the same shooter they were three years ago because mm-hmm. they're just in games all the time versus working on their game. So – I think there's a marriage, uh, a happy medium for everybody, and you got to find what's best for you. Development is number one for me, so I lean towards that training, uh, whether that be with somebody else or yourself, side over games. Mm-hmm. But I do think game development matters. And, like, that also the other thing, you know, this you play DFW Elite, right, Duncanville, Texas, like you had no choice to be competitive. You know what built that? That wasn't, that wasn't just – you training, right? You a lot of you games, playing in the games and getting yeah. lined up with some dogs. <laughs> so, so that um, it it does build a, a competitiveness mm-hmm. and a piece of the game that ma- and a feel for the game that absolutely matters. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I guess that that's kind of like where I was going. Of like, I asked that because I feel like a lot of parents think that okay, I'm gonna go play with this AAU team, competitive edge or team legs or whoever I'm gonna go play with this team and they're going to get my kid better. But most programs are practicing twice a week yeah, for an hour and a half, maybe two hours. Like, yeah, I, I would love for us to see a day where we went back to three, four practice. Everybody kind of stay close as they can. I understand you're going to go outside of say Dallas or outside of Austin mm-hmm. to get a couple kids. But if we could, I think if we could practice more three, four times a week uh, versus, you know, the super teams, especially with yes. the one, two, three practice, uh, that that would really help with the cohesiveness. And it really helps with that feel part I'm talking about. 100%. Like, because you're really having to execute. The more the coaches, no matter the club, the more the coaches have their hands on the team, the more they can obviously implement. Yeah. And that just advances your game. And you don't even really, a lot of times, you don't even realize it. But you're learning so much. Cause you're able to do more cause you got more time as a unit. Yeah. But I mean, Jason, how can we do that when gym space is a hundred dollars an hour? Let's talk about <laughs> it. Yeah, let's, we can't build the gyms fast enough. Volleyball's got us. Volleyball that's, is killing it. That's just the truth. Mm-hmm. We'll be out back outside at the park. Like, <laughs> like we were just talking about like the good old days before we know it, but Golly. yeah, it's an ongoing issue. And I know here in Dallas, I can't speak for Austin, but I know here in Dallas, there's more gyms being built, like big gym, eight-court gym. How much of that's going to be uh, used for basketball versus volleyball? We'll see, you know. Uh, 
But yeah, that's an ongoing fight, not just here across the country, as yeah. far as facilities. And I, I think post COVID too, man. Even if it's a junior high, I really think the the school systems could help us a little more too. I honestly feel like they go the opposite way. Like they increase the prices so that you don't use it. (laughs) It's more restrictive than ever. And I don't quite understand that, but I would love uh, for us to find a way to build that relationship. And we can use elementary, junior high, Mm -hmm. whatever. As long as you got a full court, we can make it work, you know, Mm -hmm. but to be honest, it's, 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 that's the answer. We just got to figure out how to, build that relationship with the school systems because it's a fight. It's, I think school systems have a certain feeling about club basketball mm-hmm. in a lot of, in a lot of places. And, uh, I don't, I think we got to help bridge that gap that we're here. We're all here to help each other. For sure. And we build that they're more, they're going to high school side is going to be more willing to help the club side. Yep. I, I think that that's how everybody works together though. Trainer, high school coach, AAU coach, like everybody should be, Working together. Everybody on a string to help a kid. That was, that's the perfect world. Perfect sure. world. But it's, it's, hey, we have fights between the trainer and, the, you know, you got the trainer uh, <laughs> evil eye in the, or in saying stuff, slick stuff about the club coach. Yeah, and the trainer before. telling the kid to do one thing, that they should be doing this, and then the coach right. telling them this, and then they high school coach, right. then they mom and daddy. And then we got at the kid. <laughs> that's exactly where the high schools get frustrated because they see a lot of this. Mm-hmm. And, it, it 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 makes it look as if the optic is 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 if uh, it's not for the kid. Yeah. And I can understand where they're coming from with that. Yeah. Now that makes sense. We yeah. got to do better. We got to do better. All of us. All for of us. sure. For sure. All of us. Um. You talked about earlier the calendar. So a lot of people don't know that the calendar has changed. Live period. Live period dates. Um. Do you know those off the top of your head? I know I we got the normal April and May, and then April and May, and then there's only two in July, both yeah. four days. So April's three, May's three, and if I don't quote me in case I miss something, I'm, I'm close though. Then there's a July one, and then about nine days later, there's a July two, a little bit more than a week. Both of those are four days, so you got three, three, four, yeah. four. Towards the end, total of fourteen days. Yeah. Uh, as I told you, I think the big change is now this isn't official. But if, if this happens, because I haven't seen it on wax anywhere on social media or anything, but if all of the major circuits, that would be Nike, Adidas, uh, Under Armour, Select 40, Elite 40, if they all play that last weekend of July, that is going to be a monumental change because traditionally, mm-hmm. UIBL Nike especially has always played the first part of July. Yeah. And the second part of July, they could do whatever they want, you know, uh, so there was various tournaments that that really that really helped. If that all changes and everybody's in the same direction, pretty much uh, in July specifically, that's going to change some things. Yeah, and I know coaches, college coaches, are going to be mad trying to figure out yeah. and they what don't tournament know to get to. They're worried about they're worried about this year. You know the way it layers for college coaches is a great topic. They worry about their season, which they're mm-hmm. in, their prime recruits that they're on trying to close for the next year. So they're pretty much done with the 24s for the most part. There's outliers, but for the most part, uh, work starting to work on 25s. And then they worry about the portal in the spring. And so in April, when you see them and you don't look great yet as a team, more than an individual, you're okay because they're only halfway paying attention anyway, because they're on their phones worried about 
portal visits and all. <laughs> they when sitting they at the game, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. When they get through that, and May it starts to get pretty serious, and they saw you in April. Now they figuring out it. A lot of times they bring their head coach if they really liked you, whether they we about to do this for real or not. And then July is where you try to finish the deal, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, I think that that that's going to change some things if we're all in the same boat at the end of July. It's yeah. going to change the amount of opportunities and kids. So. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I don't like the new calendar. Like having that. So if you guys don't know, the very beginning. So it used to be like July 6th through the 8th or something like that. Yeah. Whatever that date is, that date yeah. is gone. There's no yeah. July 6th through 8th or whatever. Yeah. So now it's just at the end. Yeah, it used to be three, basically. Mm -hmm. The way it worked out, you would cut it up. But three in July, now it's going to be two. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's less. Yeah, it's, I, don't, it's a real I don't like it. And then parents yeah. are going to have to take off, what, like 10 days? <laughs> yeah, we like, yeah, they don't get – that's what doesn't make sense because the one thing I did like is, you know, back in your day, say, shit, y'all went for 12 days straight. That's a fact. You know? Yeah, and so it was a whole different thing. So we've gotten away from that, and we got into these weekend concepts, except for this one. We kind of attached them to where it's going to be hard. Are you going to go back to work for two days? For two days leave? and then leave. Well, Who's going to yeah. do that? Nobody's yeah. going to do so, that. So uh, that'll be interesting. But uh, so I do think there's, you know, I, I've talked to the NCAA about my uh, – my perfect world and all that. Uh, but I do like, I like the weekend concept for the kids and the families. Uh, I just think there needs to be one more. I think there needs to be, if we're going to do this April, May, maybe a June and then two Julys or something along those lines, you, you make it how you want to. I think, and, and they should all be weekends, Yeah. whether they three or four, whether you do a Friday through a Monday. So you attach each day or a Friday through a Sunday, whatever, whatever yeah. you want to do. So we'll see. We'll see. It's ever evolving, and uh, there's reasons on their end that they do it. And mm -hmm. I do think that everything's gone because of the portal mainly. The For sure. And the extra COVID year, even more than the portal. Everything's gone kind of against timeline-wise the high school kid recruiting calendar. I think it's going to swing back the other way when this uh, when the portal dries up after this year, after this spring, because they don't have the extra COVID year kids. Yeah. All those kids, this is their last year uh, coming up. This is their last spring. Mm -hmm. So that's going to swing. They're going to, they're gonna, in my opinion, go out to the NCAA and say, we have to see these kids more. Yeah, you got to see them more, for sure, for sure. Now, what do you think about the the June um, date? Uh, I was glad to see, like, some of the teams that took advantage of it. A lot of teams did not last yeah, year. Yeah, I think there's it's, – it is. It's a, a, a two – it's – Two-edged sword. So what you got to look at is if you don't take – if you're not a, a superpower basketball-wise, A, it becomes who is, say, DeSoto going to play? They're not going to play Duncanville. They're not going to play South Carolina Prairie. Mm -hmm. They're probably not going to play any of the best Houston-Austin schools, right, or this year San Antonio Clark uh, because they may meet them in state. Mm -hmm. So then are they going to play somebody and beat them by 50? Does that do us any good? You know, so you got a little bit of that. Um, and then I personally, I liked it when Scholastic was in September because they used it as a trampoline to their season. Now, if you look, it, it happens in Texas too, but even more so across the country, the NCAA will say, well, a lot of kids are playing volleyball. That's why they don't like doing anything. 
that there's some there's some value that there's some value to that there's some validation there there's, but uh i just think june you're always going to be fighting the club guys who say hey i i don't mess with your kids during high school yep <laughs> you want to come get my kids and y'all play at a totally different speed or a totally different style or whatever the case may be and it, you're asking for for a little bit of the fight there and then so not all kids are going to play a lot of I think a lot of clubs will tell them, you know, this this isn't in your best. It's, it's not going to make you look the best, so you should probably wait till July. And yeah. whether it's true or not, I think that's what they're going to say uh, in a lot of cases. And so, but having said that, I agree with you that in particular the non, uh, your, your mid-major kids and non-D1s, so all yeah. the way down. Yeah, yeah. It really you know, I thought I thought it was good for coaches to see them. A lot of coaches like seeing them in two different settings. Yep. Well, I had some I, kids. I had a kid that picked up two offers from it. There you go. And so, so I do think if if it's there, you use it. You know, what, no matter what I think the calendar should be, whenever the, the NCAA says the calendar should be, then we got to use those opportunities. Yeah. No, that's that's good because I think I think any opportunity is a good opportunity. But you're right. Like one, you also don't want to risk like injury and. Going out there and having playing bad teams, playing bad games, and yeah. you're not looking the best. Yeah. yeah. So there's definitely a piece of that. Like, there's work to be done on that. I again, we did September for years. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would love to see that. And then it, it, you also, especially at the smaller schools, you got uh, coaches slash teachers that coach multiple sports. So mm-hmm. they may do basketball in the fall, and then either track or softball in the spring well their seasons just end in may sometimes june if they make a good run mm-hmm. uh, especially in softball and now you're asking them two weeks later to come to coach, coach basketball so, and they ain't even seen the kids yeah people people haven't don't look at it from the like the teachers point of mm-hmm. view who, who actually like their summers that's a fact so a fact. it's an interesting interesting situation yeah no, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. Now, and we talk a lot, so we've talked a lot about, you know, just different things off camera. Um, but, you know, like the reason I really like wanted to start this podcast, one was just to give parents information, right, to educate parents, educate players. Um, I personally, and I am a coach, a director, I think AAU is crazy. Like I think there's <laughs> way wow. too much. That yeah. goes on in AAU. Like, what do you think the biggest issue is in AAU, and how can we fix it? What can we do? Um, ultimately, it's on the buyer. So, if parents will stop running and listen to every everything that's put in their ear, or uh, the next big thing, and mm-hmm. trust the people they're with, that especially if they produce fruit over the years, type thing and just calm down and be patient, then that slows everybody down. Because mm-hmm. if the parents, ultimately the consumer, if the consumer's not maneuvering and, and doing all this stuff, then then the supplier stops with the shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Right? So as long as parents are falling for the okie put it in to put it bluntly, then the okie is going to continue. So you you... I just think you got to be very careful with being inconsistent with your kid. No matter who, I don't care who you play for, right? Mm-hmm. But 
that consistent message and the, the consistent training and that kind of thing is a difference maker for a lot of kids. And it doesn't happen. You know, 99% of kids aren't going to be recruited to their junior summer. That's something. To their junior summer. <laughs> something that you, you know, I know you fight a lot, but mm-hmm. that, that's even before the COVID and all that. That's just a basic rule of how this all works. That's so not- you're telling me they're not getting offers in the sixth grade? Is that what you're the telling kid, me? The kid, even the kids getting offered in 10th grade, those are the aberrations. That is not, that is not most of the country. And so right. we're, we're so guilty of, of the comparison game mm-hmm. and comparison shopping. And people talk about it all the time, but it's true. That's why is you just got to run your own race. And if you'll stay consistent and if you see the development that we talked about, then you just, it's going to work out fine. You got people a lot of times, whether it's me or it's you, you know, in your area, I know for a fact, you've talked to college coaches about Katie Hensel's kids. Mm-hmm. Also, know for a fact, Katie Hensel's talked to college coaches about your kids, mm-hmm. right? And help them. You don't even know that people, because you played against them, you're like, man, that kid can play mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. Uh, and on and on it goes. That goes on throughout this. I talked to a bazillion coaches about kids that they have no idea that I even know who they are, mm-hmm. that I've said, said. And I'm not the only one. You know, I'm just using an example. There's a lot of guys out here, a lot of people out here that do that. And so uh, you've got to trust the process and trust yourself. And if we can get that message to the parents, to tr- for real trust the process, like for real. We for real got you. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean you're going to – you're going to South Carolina or you're going to Utah, right? That may, that may mean that uh, you're going Juco or non Right. You know, you're going to Hardin Simmons and that is okay. That is okay. That's okay. And, and I wish parents like, I yeah. think that's the other thing is just accepting it. Like, they you are. know, and, and they, again, they, here, here's the other part. If we're mm-hmm. being all the way 1000, all the way through parents think they can go sit on the end of a bench and, and, trick the system into getting the scholarship off that's been that's a fact and you can't mm-hmm. we see right your kid is still has the same ability that we thought they were no matter right. what jersey like right that, and that's, and though no, and at the end of the day like i said that's why i feel like it's just everybody it's all of us like yep there's also parents get this like illusion or whatever the word is of like my kid is this because AAU coach, AAU director. <laughs> I would love, I would love to say, hey, we need to get together and clean that up amongst ourselves and all that. It's not going to happen to the not parents. Happen. Yeah. It's not. I, I, I'll, I'll ask for that. Everybody stay away from everybody's kids. You good? Like everybody has their own program. Once they're committed to you, don't go recruit against them. That that sounds great in theory. That's not reality. And sure. as long as as long as they're still moving around in the background or whatever, and it's different if there's a reason behind it. Your kid's not in the right position. I, if there's real basketball reasoning or unhappiness or something, that, that's different. But just moving to move does nobody any good. And it makes it complicated on both ends. It makes it more complicated on your end as a club director and coach, and it makes it more complicated on the kid. For sure. You know? That's where this this thing can get lost. I've seen it. I've I've seen it, and I don't want to say ruins a, a harsh word, but I've seen a lot of kids take a step back 
from where they would have been if they would have stayed. If they just would have stayed. If they and they think and it doesn't necessarily mean bigger, better. It, mm -hmm. it, I'm talking consistency. I'm not talking right. platform levels. And they go to another place, and then inevitably, if a kid leave, a kid and family leaves once, they generally jump two, three times, right? And that you just you see it. And again, there's a time and place for it. I get all okay. that. It's kind of like the for portal on the college side. I tell with with I tell college coaches all the time with portal with portal kids come portal problems. And oh, there's a that's a good one. Place. There's a time and a place for it for sure. There is. Mm -hmm. But be ready for what you signed up for because they left somewhere else for a reason too. Yeah. So it's it's a two-way street. Yeah. And I'm very big on finding fit. Like, no way am I saying, and I know no way are you saying, like, be somewhere because you've been with them or be somewhere even if you're not happy. Like, you have to find the right fit. But I just think, like, there's so much. And we talk all the time. Yeah. I think every year in July or yeah. maybe August, I call you and I'll be like, I'm done with this. Yeah. <laughs> I can't well, take it. You know, like I always tell you, God bless you. Salute. Because <laughs> it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. lot. There's a lot of stuff that's said out there that's not necessarily true. And mm -hmm. I do a pretty good job, as you know. Like, I never know what you're, you're going to call me about. I know it's something, but I never know what the, <laughs> issue, what the issue of the day is. Listen, right? Jason, sometimes I call you just to talk to you. It don't be I'm calling you for something. I hate you. But, uh, uh. But whatever the issue of the day is, I don't know what you mean, but it's, you know, it's just how the game goes. It's where yeah. it is. And until the consumer changes it, it's not going to change. Yeah. No, but seriously, like I do, I just wish, and like I said, things change every day and, and most times for the good. Like not saying that yeah. AAU is just horrible. There's a lot of good things going on in no, AAU no. now. You know, a no. lot of good things that I wish we had. Hundreds you know. of kids go Hundreds, thousands, thousands of kids. I should have said hundreds. Go to college every year because every like, year. So that's the and best there's thing. A lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of people that have full time jobs, multiple jobs in some cases. Do this completely free or lose money. They mm -hmm. spend money helping the kids. They pay for hotel rooms. They pay mm -hmm. for food and travel, whatever. So there is a lot of volunteerism that goes into this. That we get a, a really bad rap because we fight each other. To what's yes. your point? Now? It. Because we create a little bit of our own chaos, people, it's just a natural thing. Their eyes go towards the chaos, which is only probably 1% to 2% of this whole thing and not the 98% of the good. Mm -hmm. And that's self-inflicted on our part. I've yeah. done it in the past. Like you just, you gotta, you gotta stay positive. This is a positive business. This is why we, why we can't get away from it. This is why you why you can't, that's a hundred percent. It's because you're helping people. Like it's, and you know, you know if 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 uh, Mud and DFW wouldn't have helped you, RIP Coach Mud, RIP is my guy. Yeah, so, for sure. You, you know, it's a labor of love for you because you've lived it. You were mm -hmm. once that kid. So, yeah. uh, and so there's so much good and positivity. I want people to take. We've talked about the two percent mess. I want people to make sure they understand that it's ninety eight percent good. It really 100%. is. No, it a is. Uh, a lot a, a whole bunch of good people you know it's just yeah. like continue to keep those people in it you know yeah sure. i think that's that's the big thing but yeah no hey you say what don't push them out of this thing with the shenanigans 
Yeah, no, nah, for so, sure. But, you know, on that, on the flip side, I asked what's the biggest issue? Like, and we kind of just talked about it now, but, you know, obviously besides the kids going to college, things like that, what is, think, what's the great thing about AAU? Oh, the great thing is mm-hmm. just, uh, well, first and foremost, if you go to a big tournament, is the camaraderie mm-hmm. and the competition of the kids. The kids love it, right? And that's 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 why, uh, you know, I, I'm on a big mission long term. This is a big dream. I'm a big dreamer mm-hmm. of, of really helping the cost piece of all this uh, by getting corporate entities involved as far as trying to get some funding to help kids and all that kind of stuff. But the reason people spend so much money and time and all that is because their kids love it. Love it. And, if, and like, you can't explain that piece of it to somebody that's not part of it, mm-hmm. right? You have to come see that for yourself. Uh, and I think, especially, you know, it got it got scary for kids, COVID. My, my daughter is a junior at Texas uh, who was going to go Ivy League, who didn't because she was scared to go that far away from home because it was mm-hmm. right during COVID, right? And so um, it, kids went through a lot, and it's it's a, a, a piece of, of home. And mm-hmm. it's you know, when you look back at a big p- part of why you do what you do is because your time at those tournaments in your day. Yeah. It's, it, it becomes part of your life, you know? Yeah. And so it's that, that A is number one. B, I think – on the competitive piece, I think there's more distractions than ever. You'll hear that everywhere, uh, you know, from uh, technology especially, obviously. But uh, less and less kids as a whole percentage are, are playing sports, and that's boys, girls, whatever, uh, growing up. These are the kids that want to do this. Athletics, like, they're focused. And a lot of these kids are going to go further in life and do more in life because they're pushing themselves beyond just school. They're doing this is their extracurricular, and they're pushing themselves amongst the elite. Uh, and, and if you play in major tournaments in the state of Texas, I don't care what level, right? Uh, you're amongst the elite as far yeah. as you're pushing yourself beyond where most kids, especially in today's generation, are comfortable. Uh, you're really putting yourself out there type of thing. And there's, there's a lot of value in that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then lastly – just again, the people like we talked about mm-hmm. from from uh, the event organizers to the club directors and coaches, yeah. the parents. Like we we get caught in our own messes sometimes and being competitive and fighting and whatever. But man, everybody's pushing in the same direction when you when you take a look back. It's we get caught up in in that stuff, but we we are all uh, we're all kind of cut from the same cloth, if you will. Yep whatever your piece of this thing is. And it's a big community. It really yeah. is. Yeah. And so that's the positive piece. And like people on the outside, they'll never, they, they, they can't understand it unless they, they allow themselves to, they entrench themselves in it for a little bit. Yep. That, that ends, that ends the podcast. Like right. I, I love ending on a positive note, like yeah, for real. For sure. like that. You're a positive guy. Yes. Like, I love that. And and you really said something about like just the camaraderie. Like, I absolutely love going to tournaments and I see my kids with hoop shop kids or with Phoenix kids or with Team Lake. Like, you're like the kids all no matter what the jersey is, they all hanging together. I love to see that. Like everybody knows you. So I'll see you with the pro skills coach. I'm with all of them. But, you know. 
because we're all we're all in this thing together. We're all mm-hmm. in the same spot. So no, that's that's a real part of this, and we can't lose the value of that. We can't mm-hmm. we can't let all the distractions get in the way of the common good that we're all doing for sure. Yeah. No, for sure. No, I love it. I love it. This has been a really, really good episode. I end with a little bit of rapid fire. So I got five things for you. Uh Somebody told me I really need to stop calling it rapid fire because it's technically not rapid fire. We still have a whole conversation. So I need to, I need to come up with a different name, but I got five things for you. That's what we're going to go with. All right. right, We're going to get started. What trait does every kid have? that's in the top 10, that's top 10 in the country. So what trait does every kid must possess that's in top 10? Competitiveness. Okay. Like elite competitiveness. Like you don't get to the top without like, no matter how talented you are, Mm -hmm. without work. And work work equates to competition. In our, like in this, this thing, it is competitiveness. And that's, that's on a different tangent. That's what leads to some of the mess. It's because we're yeah. all competitive inside. <laughs> we are competitive. 1,000%. That's a fact. That's a fact. All right. Obviously, we talk a lot about AAU, so I had to throw an AAU in there. Biggest mm-hmm. ick in the AAU game. In the AAU specifically. Mm-hmm. You know what? I won't do AAU. Just in the women's game. In basketball. Yep. Boy, well, you got me. I got <laughs> biggest ick. Yep, I'll tell you mine. Not, you think? Okay, you got one? Yeah. Not knowing time and situation. I can't, no matter how good you are, like, how do you, how do you not know there's, there's under 10 seconds left and we're down three? How do you not know we need a three? <laughs> That's or, a good one. <laughs> we need an immediate foul. Because we just scored, now we're down one, and there's five seconds that we got to foul me. How do you not know that? Instead, I'm at half court yelling, foul, foul. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's a really good one. I like that. Okay. Most talented player you have seen this year? This year? Yep. Talented today? All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer it in two ways. The most skilled player I've seen this year is Aaliyah Chavez. Okay. Unbelievable skill. Unbelievable. The highest upside, Sienna Betts. Uh, I love watching her play. Oh, just monster. But, I mean, Aaliyah Chavez, work ethic-wise, and, and she is, in my, in my uh, opinion, made herself just about as good as she can be. Like, mm. she's getting – 110% out of the gifts she's been given. Mm. That is very rare. Very rare. The the, la- the two people come to mind with that. Uh, uh, Ariel Atkins. Like, Shout out to the Duncanville Panther Red. Texas yeah. Longhorn. Like Ariel made herself as good as she can be, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Mm-hmm. And then Mariah Jefferson. Mariah Jefferson made herself as good as she could possibly be in my opinion. So like, I have a lot of respect. Actually, I'm gonna throw one more out there. Aaron Grant, Aaron Grant in her day. Oh, I have so much respect for the people that get everything possible out of everything they've been given. And that's Aaliyah Chavez. 
Now, these answers are really good. <laughs> yeah, you're giving some good answers. All right. Would you rather coach high school, college, or AAU? I think high school, right? We've talked about my background uh, with Duncanville in particular and all that. And so there's something about any town. Like uh, my son's playing high school football right now, too. He played in a small town. Um, I like bringing the people together, competing. Everybody knows everybody. And if you get good, especially, like that thing takes on a life of its own. It's like literally the whole city's behind you. Mm-hmm. So that piece of community would be why. Um, in different ways, all three are the right answer. College, because it would push me, I think, as far as I could go. And I am, I don't, I never say anything about high school or uh, club coaching. Don't, never criticize that much, nothing. I'm very critical of college coaching to myself. Now, nobody gets that, but like situational basketball, that kind of stuff. And so, but it's the elite level. Yeah. So could I do it? would be the old, you know, I would love to answer that question. And then club basketball, um, I'll tell you, some of the developers uh, across the country are elite. Like, they're, they're, in my opinion, there are club basketball coaches that would be elite college slash professional coaches. Mm-hmm. They have love for the younger game. Yeah, love it. So but high, to answer your question, high school because of the community. Okay, high school. Last one. Next up and coming independent program. I mean, come on. Uh, I'm going to go competitive edge. Ashley. You hear it. Did y'all hear the guy? I didn't tell him to say that either. Did y'all hear not at all. But here's the thing. She's from the Ville. We talked at length about this. And actually, it's a big piece of me, right? That's why I talk about it. I thought I, I mentioned this to you. I thought in our little cocoon that everybody respected um, and took girls basketball as serious as Duncanville Lights. Mm-hmm. I, I truly thought that until I got in my mid-20s and I'm coaching kids in Rockwall, and I'm like, man, these kids don't get it. Mm-hmm. And then I further, I go out nas- uh, nationwide with the premiere thing and all that, and I get to watch. and people just didn't do, didn't take it as serious, right? And I didn't, I, I literally didn't know that. And I think a big part of my elevation within our our fishbowl is just because I took it, I only know to take it seriously, just because I grew mm-hmm. up. Yeah. And so like, what's natural to me isn't natural to everybody else, I think. And so, uh, very interesting, but, um, Man, I forgot the question. You got me on a 10. I asked you what was the next up-and-coming oh, program, and you said competitive yeah, edge. Oh, yeah. You came from it, right? We talk all the time about I think you do a wonderful job of bringing a certain competitive style mm-hmm. that uh, uh, is not the same in Austin as in Duncanville. Mm-hmm. So it goes right about uh, – and not even Duncanville, Dallas, say. Right. Basketball is a little different, right, as far as the competitive nature. Uh than the Austin area. And I think you bring a flavor of that to it as you try to bring that out of kids. And then I think you've played at every level. So um, you've been coached by elite coaching at every level. So there's nothing elite that you haven't touched, learned from, have to give back. 
So you didn't tell me to say that, but I said it. It is what it is. I really appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, we end with, or we start with what's different in youth basketball. I'd like to end with the person, Jason. What would be different with you within the next three to five years? Uh, my son will be out of high school by then, so we will be all the way empty, empty nester, hopefully without a grandpa. <laughs> I mean, my oldest is 28, so it could happen at any time. Uh, um, I think I've laid the foundation uh, for what I, uh, through Premier, shout out to Joey, shout out to Shane, uh, shout out to Mark Williams. Uh, I've laid the foundation for what I want this to be for me. I think the next evolution is me bringing along my people. So I think you're going to see a lot of growth of people around me. Uh, especially within three to five years, a lot of platform, in particular women, uh, as I'm, I'm very close to a lot of a lot of women uh, in our game and in our sport. And I think that that's the next step is me being able to get in rooms and to help with the growth of our sport for those that have been in it, played it, I have relationships with, all that kind of stuff. I love it. I love it. We did it. Uh, an example, Ariel Atkins, new uh, uh, new assistant coach at, at Michigan. Yeah, uh, Michigan. So uh, I had to. I, I think I had to make sure Ariel was very cautious about coaching, but it it worked out in the right situation. And so that's what part of what I'm talking about. I'm talking all aspects, but that's a piece of it. And I'm very proud of the Ariel situation because I worked on that. Yeah. You know, she wasn't ten toes in at first, and now she's. You know, as Ariel works, toes, feet, whole body, everything's in there. Everything. So, that's Ariel. Yeah. That's Ariel that's for you. That's what we want. You know, uh, you're very close with Empress. Empress mm -hmm. Davenport. I've helped quite a bit with her career on the coaching side. And then on and on it goes. Helping you is very, has mm -hmm. become very important. Uh, and so all that thing, very empowering women that grew the game and all that. And uh, y'all rock with me, so we're going to grow y'all. I appreciate it. Shout out to you, one. This this has been an amazing episode. I I enjoy every single episode, but I really enjoyed this episode today. Um, as we end, tell the people where they can find you and leave the people with a message, whatever message you got for parents, for players, whatever's on your heart. Let's do it, man. So, uh, Twitter at bballjkey. Uh, I'm on Instagram, but I don't post on Instagram at this point. Uh, they're probably going to push me to do it. I feel like that's for the kids, myself, but uh, I watch it more than uh, – I've never posted, but I, I get on there every now and again. Uh, but Twitter, I po I feel safe. It feels like the newspaper <laughs> of social media. Yeah. Like so, uh, at B-Ball Key, as always, at PBR Hoops. Uh, you have everything from our events to our media content to access to all the ranking stuff to anything and everything that coming through the – uh, through the world of uh, girls slash women's basketball. Um, and then as far as my message, man, positivity. Like, we got to remember, I, I think it's very important that we remember why we're doing this. And don't get caught up. We're all competitive. But don't get caught up in the nonsense because it, it's, it's minutiae and it really doesn't matter. 
what matters is that we all are helping kids in various directions. Everybody's got a voice. The game is growing. You want to talk about positive? The, it, the way I've seen the game grow from a media standpoint to uh, a skill level standpoint with, uh, to the athleticism piece uh, over the last 40 years, it has grown immensely. And I think we get lost in the last, the view of the last two to three years or the last year. And we lose, uh, we lose sight of how much we've grown this thing, even from when you were playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, this thing has grown and like we're coming. And that means opportunity for people like you and people like Ariel and mm-hmm. people like him and on and on. Opportunity is here and it's here because this platform's grown. For sure. Much like we say, we don't want the view of, of club basketball being uh, being negative but when looked at by parents because we're infighting. The same thing of the world. We don't want the view from the outside world of women's basketball to be like, what are they doing fighting each other, right? As much as we care, we want to we want to roll in the same direction because we're going in a positive direction. So mm-hmm. stay positive with your post, with your thoughts, all of it. Stay positive. I love it. We can't end it better than that. We cannot end it better than that. Make sure you guys like, follow, share. Do all of those things. Subscribe on YouTube. It is on Apple. It is on Spotify. It is everywhere. And don't be stingy. Share this with two to three people that need to hear this message. As always, I appreciate you guys for tuning in, for listening, for the feedback. We'll be back next week with another episode.